Hello, everybody. This is the God and Government Podcast. I am your host, John Steinreich. Welcome to the Free Speech Zone. And on the line, of course, is my wingman, Mark Richardson. How's it going, Mark? Doing well, John. And uh, hello, everybody. <laughs> well, we're, we're glad to be back here. Uh, we have an interesting topic today. I'm calling it European Disunion, uh, sort of a play on words of the, the, the term European Union. And Mark, I was looking at a video by a, uh, a British author named Douglas Murray. And uh, he has written um, a book about the, the, the slow suicide of Europe. And this, this is really concerning because I think Europe is somewhat of a canary in the coal mine when it, when it comes to sort of Western civilization. So what's happening in Western Europe is likely going to end up happening here in the United States. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, I mean, if you, if you sit back and even see what's happening in London now, with the with the slow degradation of well, like Western values and almost a yeah. surrender of common sense in, in the name of wokeness, right? And and, and and since we know that the United States and Europe share a lot of values, and as one thing passes to the other, uh, I'm I'm getting really concerned. Yeah, it is it is quite concerning. In in this particular video, I was watching. Uh, Murray talked at length about what's happening in Germany, which is really, you know, the heartland and the economic superpower of of Europe. And what they've been undergoing there is a, a major migrant crisis, and um, sort of their the the whole political climate there has changed to a degree where uh, apparently uh, Angela Merkel has said, you know, we're going to just bring in as many people um, as possible. And and you know, of course, they have a the, the history of being the the great aggressor of the 20th century, but now in the 21st century, they want to be the humanitarian superpower, but it's having its adverse effects on their country and Europe at large. And, and so that really brought me to um, the point of inviting our guest on today, because, uh, you know, you, you and I are just a, a couple of simple American country bumpkins. Uh, and this gentleman actually has real life European experience. Um, so without any further delay, let me give a little introduction. I'll bring him on the, the broadcast. Uh, Andreas Treutler is a former German military officer who has lived in the U.S. for over 25 years. His career in sales and management has spanned over 20 years. Uh, he's the co-founder of the Genesis Project, LLC, which is bringing Sentience Plus, a police training platform, to market this year. And this will bring an end to police brutality and unjustified police use of force. And wouldn't that be nice? So welcome to the God and Government Podcast, Andy Troitler. Hello, John. Thanks for inviting me. It's an honor. Well, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad you, you could be here. You and I um, actually had a conversation recently on a whole a lot of topics. And um, that was actually on the heels of an article that I had read. It was called The Political Theology of White Guilt by a guy named Tomislav Sunik. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a, Cro- a Croatian-American. Uh, and in the article, he was diagnosing the problem of political correctness that is damaging Europe. And I want to read a little excerpt from the article. He said, in Europe, the system, i.e. the deep state, uh, has its major outlet in Germany. Being the heartland of Europe, Germany after 1945 was preordained to serve as the role model for all European nations, which were to eventually become member states of the European Union. And he goes on to say, Germany was designed as Europe's new shining example of successful social and racial multicultural engineering, which has spawned by now hundreds of thousands of self-censored, servile and atoning politicians and academics across the board. All of them deathly afraid that any uh, minor dissident voice of theirs could result in their removal from the public scene. In day-to-day contemporary politics, German politicians and academics, um, therefore are constantly on high alert, and they must endeavor, metaphorically speaking, to be more Catholic than the Pope. The same goes for all non-German European politicians, albeit to a lesser extent. So I read that article and that piece in particular, and I contacted you, and I said, is this guy accurate? And um, I'll let you respond uh, what, what your opinion is uh, as to you know, his evaluation. Well, uh, I mean, there is definitely a lot of truth uh, to his uh, evaluation. There is a general trend in, uh, in particular in Germany, uh, or the, the mindset is to to really 
negate the history that obviously is, uh, you know, known to everybody uh, that uh, around the world that, you know, Germany has uh, had that dark past uh, in, with the Third Reich. And so yeah. uh, the, the, um, the goal for, for every German politician is to negate that and show the world that uh, Germany is no longer that and that we are an open society, that we're free thinking and that we uh, are non-racist and, and we... You know, like uh, Murray said, uh, that we we can we we're the new liberators and uh, the saviors of the world. Mm. Interesting. So, so Andy, I mean, just thinking about that, where is it? Is it just? It is sort of. But is it is. Is it a collective? Is it a collective kind of thought process with 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 Germany? Where and like they they like you said they decided. For all the wrongs of the past, we 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 we're going to decide to do a total, you know, a complete reversal. But but as a but by doing that, have have they gone so far over to the woke side that even the idea of nationalism of being a German has been sacrificed in the name of this humanitarian profile? Well, so there there is the humanitarian the humanitarian side uh, an aspect to it right that uh, germany wants to help um people in need around the world and that has been implemented uh, through foreign aid programs and so on but just in recent past uh the the uh with the syrian refugee uh crisis uh it has come to a new um yeah, to a whole new uh, level, which uh, you know, Germany, uh, if you, uh, as you may know, has pretty much opened their borders to anybody uh, that claims to be of uh, Syrian descent or is a refugee um, from anywhere. Uh, and so, the the interesting part is that people are being not only uh, invited to come and talk about a border crisis, there, there is really an open border. There's no more, um, you know, there, there's not even a, a requirement to have passports for these refugees. So they, they can claim to be from anywhere. Uh, they, they can come from anywhere as long as they claim to be political uh, refugees. And they're, they're being... Uh, accepted with open arms and even flown in from uh, from other parts of the world, which is flown in, flown in, wow, literally flown in. Uh, there, there was an incident on a um, Greek island where a refugee camp uh, was set up by the refu- uh, was set up uh, in flames, set up on fire by the refugees because they weren't uh, happy with the conditions of the camp, so they set their camp on fire. And uh, which was a pretty big news in Europe. And, and uh, rather than, uh, you know, maybe sending foreign aid or helping to uh, build a new camp for them, uh, the German government actually um, decided that it was the best idea for, for Germany to pick up those 15,000 refugees and bring them to, uh, to Germany. Wow, you know that I had no idea such a thing was happening. But um, there was one part of the um, the Douglas Murray video yeah. that really struck me as well because he talked about a scene in in a German village um, where they had a town meeting apparently, and at the town meeting the people were saying, "Well, we're not too happy about all this relocation that's going on here." Mm-hmm. And, a, and apparently the prefects or whoever the bosses of the you know the government officials saying, "Well, it doesn't matter." what you like, um, they're coming anyway. So it sounds to me like on the grassroots level, the everyday people there are not too thrilled, and this is adversely impacting them, but the government has a whole other view. I don't, maybe you could dissect that for us a little bit. Right. So, so there, there are two, two, uh, two parts uh, in the, or, or two, two mindsets in the German population. You've got the um, extreme left, which is actually 
um, you know, kind of uh, center uh, politically in uh, in Germany nowadays, uh, mm-hmm. which basically says we have to help and we're going to do whatever and no questions, right? And then you have the the other part that says, well, but wait a minute. Uh, we have needs in Germany. We have uh, the uh, you know seniors that, whose pensions are being cut. We have other needs, and there are there are, you know unemployment and problems that that we need to take care of that that are national problems, right? That uh, that the concern yeah. the, the German citizens that are being neglected and kicked down. Uh, uh, the, the the road for further generations to um, to deal with right national debt is an, at an all time high and so on, uh, but those voices are automatically being uh, labeled as racist and right wing mm-hmm. and uh, they're they're called Nazis right and that again is uh, the the worst thing uh, for any German sure. to be labeled. Um, and and that is the uh, the goal again of the German government to to uh, show the world that we have uh, moved on and we are the antithesis of of that that past. Mm. Wow, really interesting. Well, let me let me jump into a scripture passage, um, and and I want to. S- to talk about how this relates. Um, I'm going to kind of reverse the notes that I had sent you, but I'm going to go to Numbers chapter 15, uh, verses 14 to 16. <clears throat> and this is what the scripture says. It's an admonition to the, um, the Israelite people as they're preparing to go into the promised land. So the scripture says, if a stranger is sojourning with you, or anyone is living permanently among you, and he wishes to offer a food offering with a pleasing aroma to the Lord, he shall do as you do. For the assembly, there shall be one statute for you and for the stranger who sojourns with you, a statute forever throughout your generations. You and the sojourner shall be alike before. So, um, w- with this, we see that there was a, a setup where the um, ancient Israelites had you know, one rule for their people and any foreigner who lives <laughs> with them. But I'm getting a feeling that in modern Europe, they're not abiding by this particular scripture. <laughs> it sure sounds like there's a, a, a dual set of laws. What would you say, Andy? Well, uh, that is very true. And that, I think that's that's the one of the biggest problems is that the abiding by the rules uh, does not apply to the new immigrants, mm. which are obviously from a whole uh, different culture, mm. which it, it's in, in many ways in, in uh, direct opposition to uh, the German culture. Right. So it, it goes so far as uh, that. So my uh, some of my relatives uh, have uh, you know, commented that they're no longer um, going out by themselves as as women. Really, uh, in in uh, just on a stroll. I mean, last year has been obviously nobody's been uh, doing anything in, in Germany, in particular. Uh, you know, due, due to the um, draconian um, COVID lockdown measures uh, that that are still implemented in in uh, Germany. Um, but there, there has been so much violence and crime uh, that has um, been a direct result of millions of immigrants or refugees that have uh, been placed all over Germany in cities, uh, in villages, um, and um, the majority of, of the, the um, refugees are young uh, adults, young male adults, mm. and uh, there has been a uh, an increase in violence and um, in particular towards women. Mm. 
uh, there's been incidences of uh, rape and assault. And the uh, German um, justice system has uh, responded in pretty much every uh, instance with uh, a, not even a slap on the on the wrist for the um, for the uh, the, the um, assaulter. It, they've made it a point to. Uh, tell the victim that they should be uh, understanding of the difference in culture mm. um, and that basically uh, their um, the, the, the clothes they wear and so basically they're blaming the victim mm. for, uh, for the assault and uh, if any um, um, if any punishment uh, was uh, handed over it, it was typically in uh, a, a probation um, and really less than a, a slap on the wrist for for um, for the criminal wow you know like diving in with, with with what you just said i i read i've read a couple of articles as well where there's where like the, where there's a double there's a double problem here so i know that it's like there's been um, numbers that are saying like the like Europe is aging, so, so right. a lot of governments are looking into well, how do we get an influx of younger people, especially to run uh, to run companies and to, to you know basically generate labor to keep right. to keep these industries afloat. And then you have the double problem of so you have so you bring in you bring in youth, you bring in younger people, but at the same time it seems like there's a lack of government. Um, government intervention or taking the opportunity to show like the immigrants what it means to be in uh, be german it's like a, it's almost like a, a fear of german pride or because the media will take that as german nationalism and what you described earlier is like okay well we don't want to tell them what it means to be german because then we're not oh we're we're, we're mm. bad people and then so these so it looks like these immigrants are basically um allowed to run free with taking their own culture and not even trying to um, assimilate into German culture. Would you say that's somewhere in the, uh, in the neighborhood of what's going on? Yeah, so uh, Germany for uh, many years has had a, a stagnant population growth uh, and actually uh, even a slight um, uh, negative population growth because Germans haven't had uh, the well. Germans haven't reproduced uh, to the degree that that um, you know would would help grow the uh, the population. And so Germany, over uh, many years, has implemented um, uh, you know uh, subsidies to help increase. Uh, or, or help promote uh, couples to uh, have children. So they've implemented a, a two-year uh, maternity leave for both parents. At I believe uh, I'm wow. maybe wrong at this uh, at eighty percent of of the former uh, uh, salary, which is you know I mean that's phenomenal but so there there there, there is a concern uh, of the uh, you know the population not keeping up with uh, with the demands because as as the population uh, ages obviously the um, the pensions that uh, are coming due need to be paid by the younger generation and so if they're not there to be taxed and and basically help support the um, the, the older uh, population uh, that posts a problem for for the government. So the, that is probably uh, one of the uh, reasons for the uh, yeah the aggressive uh, stance on on the 
on the government, German government side to uh, bring all these young um, uh, immigrants into Germany. Uh, in addition, uh, being that uh, the majority of them are from Muslim cultures, uh, they also are uh, the population that uh, the segment of the population that's that's growing the fastest. And Germany uh, already has a um, now substantial uh, Muslim um, population uh, due to the um, the uh, the Turkish uh, guest workers that were uh, invited uh, starting in the uh, late 50s through the 70s uh, to help uh, fill the labor uh, requirements at the time. And most of them were supposed to be guest workers in return after uh, they were no longer required to help with the uh, economic growth. Uh, but a lot of them, the majority of them stayed and brought their families and, um, you know, had further children and so on. Uh, so, you know, you have already a, a substantial amount of, of uh, Muslim population. And now, now there's more being added. In the last five years, since uh, this whole thing uh, started with, uh, with the Syrian refugees, in Murray, in his video, he... Um, he pointed out that in one year uh, there was a 1.5 uh, the 1.5% of the population was added uh, through these refugees we've mm. now we now have in excess of 5 million people nobody really knows the exact number because again the, the borders are basically just wide open and uh, people are bringing their their relatives mm. once they've uh, immigrated themselves um so we have a, basically more than five percent of the population that that is of a different culture different um faith and uh uh, the conflict there is uh it's predestined i mean there is um a lot of a lot of issues that are that are programmed into this yeah i would imagine that's that's the one thing that um is very striking is that you know germany is really the heart of the protestant reformation so sort of modern protestant christianity was birthed in germany in the well, the 15th, 16th century. Right. And uh, now you've got uh, this large influx of people of Islamic origin who are not assimilating sort of in the standard of numbers, chapter 15, as, as I understand it. And that That's can't right. possibly be a healthy situation um, for the nation itself. I mean, the, the, the country itself has a culture and a history, some good, some bad. But nonetheless, it, it has a history, and the people who live there rightly have a an ownership of their own history, and yet <laughs> their government doesn't seem to be too responsive to that, and that's really tragic. And th that actually brings me, I want to move on to another scripture and, and, and talk maybe a, a little bit about the broader European picture, Andy. So let me mm -hmm. read from um, Matthew chapter 20. I'm going to quote Jesus here in verse uh, 25. He says, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their great ones exercise over uh, authority over them. It shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant. Whoever must be first among you must be your slave. Okay, so here's Jesus sort of changing the paradigm on, on leadership. He's basically saying, you know, proper leaders, Christian leaders for sure, would be ones who actually serve, who do not lord their authority over people. Now, as an American, I look at my own government from the school board to the state capitol to the White House, and I see the exact problem that Jesus is decrying here. Right. And so here's really my three-part question. Does European government in general, not just Germany, I think you've, you've explained that pretty well, that they, they kind of are in the same boat. Is this European governments in general, do they look like this? And how 
the the European bureaucracy does function different than the American bureaucracy. Maybe you could explain that. And do you see America moving in a, a track similar to where Germany and Europe is going? So um, Europe, uh, in well, we have obviously uh, the countries themselves having their their own government. Um, Germany, France, Italy, and so on, and and there is different ways uh, these individual countries uh, are governed um, and issues within each of the countries. But then you have, uh, towering over that, you have the European government, Mm -hmm. which um, is basically uh, exerting more authority over each country than in many ways the country uh, itself has. That's so the European the, Union, correct? That's the <laughs> European Union, yes. And h- how long has the European Union been been chartered? Well, the European Union has, um, um, that's a good question. I don't have the exact answer. Uh, they uh, started um, after the Second World War. Okay. So the European Union has been established early on, but the centralized uh European government uh, was established in the early uh, 2000s with the with the um, uh, euro as a uh, general uh, or, or the, the currency. The, the currency, yes. Yeah. So, and over the years, uh, the European Union has um, gathered more and more control and more and more power, uh, which in many way now overrides the uh, the laws of the individual countries and they are, they're obliged to to comply with with the european laws that mm-hmm. that are governed and and each country has their delegates to the european uh, government but uh, so yeah there is a lot of uh, many layers to this and um uh, it, the bureaucracy in Europe, uh, and one of the one of the things that uh, was uh, uh, always something growing up in Germany. Uh, looking back at it now, uh, the bureaucracy in Germany to begin with is um, unprecedented from from an American <laughs> uh, standpoint, uh, but it's even amplified and and uh yeah brought to a new new level through the uh added uh, control uh of the european uh government and and that's uh so w- one thing that i uh that i see in into uh really kind of uh, give you an idea and i i i believe what what we're heading towards here in the us is already um Kind of um, the uh, practice, common practice in Germany and Europe. Uh, so, for instance, um, the uh, monitoring of the individual uh, where people live and and so on. Uh, in in Germany, if if you move, uh, you are required to report to uh, your new location to this uh, local authority. So if you move mm-hmm. from one town to the next, or even if you move your address within the same town, you have to report your new address uh, to the local uh, uh, authorities. That's and, incredible. Well, that it's common practice, mm-hmm. but I think what we're seeing over the last year here in the U.S. as well is that uh, the, uh, movement is being restricted and um, there are efforts in place to to bring about uh, the um, yeah, the control and, and monitoring of each individual more precisely. A lot of that is uh, going to happen um, involuntarily, I believe. Uh, mm. But uh, I think the goal is to have some of that um, uh, ca- capability here in the U.S. as well. Wow. I, <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm just sitting here just literally stunned by, uh, by what I'm hearing. But, as I, but Andy, I, I, did, I want to just kind of go backwards a little bit about 
uh, the mm-hmm. the kind of the economy. And then I know that you know with the whole EU concept, it's supposed to be like a shared process. We're all in the same pool together. But I was wondering, like back to what you had said earlier about about uh you know Germans getting getting that quite beneficial um, you know maternity leave you know to basically hey here go go have more Germans like help boost the population <laughs> <laughs> and, and I just I kept thinking about that you know I'm just a I'm just a simple country mouse but my mm-hmm. economic course tells me that when companies are giving out those kind of benefits. I'm trying to think to myself, well, how are the companies still operating? Where, where, where's that money coming from? Are we talking higher taxes on, on the population overall? And is, that, and is that being covered by extra cash coming in from the EU? I mean, the, how do companies operate with that kind of package? It seems like everything would collapse. Yeah, so uh, these benefits are paid, um, and I've I'm not 100% sure on the details, but the uh, the majority of that, that money um, is paid through the government. And that is funded through higher taxes than uh, we are used to here. Although there are, you know, well, for, for the ultra rich, there is plenty of ways to get around those high, <laughs> high taxes. But, but uh, in general, the, uh, the benefits are provided through either your health uh, insurance or through uh, government subsidies. All coming out of the taxpayer's pocket, sort of paying himself. Yeah, through, okay. through a, right. Yeah. Right. There's one thing that you and I were talking about too um, uh, a few weeks back, uh, and, and you, you sort of alluded to it about the, the authoritarianism. Uh, you know, registering if I move from one address to another. You and I were talking about the, the COVID restrictions over in Germany, and I was flabbergasted at the degree of control. I would love for you to explain to our listeners what exactly is happening with that. Well, uh, the restrictions uh, in uh, Germany have been, like I mentioned before, draconian. Uh, and that's, I think, uh, mildly put. Um the um and and each of the um the states in germany uh have had their their own measures uh but basically uh there's been for the last few months there's been a, a curfew of 8 p.m. uh and if you're caught on the street uh if you're driving on the street uh you are being pulled over if you don't have a uh, a valid reason, maybe uh, you're on your way to the hospital, or um, you you're working a night shift somewhere, uh, you are being fined. Another uh, restriction is um, you have a travel limit a limit of nine miles, fifteen kilometers. To so you cannot travel more than nine miles from your home. There's a, a, num- a, a, a whole list of measures that, um, that are being implemented. And unlike, I mean, in California, we've had uh, restrictions, but local authorities are very, uh, have been reluctant uh, to implement them. Uh, Germany is uh, known uh, for its obedience and German police are, um, well, let's put it this way, they're, they're known to adhere to, uh, to the rules and guidelines. And if they're getting a new rule to implement, a new law to enforce, uh, they will do so, no questions asked. And uh, so, yeah. Your starting fine is one hundred and fifty dollars. Uh, I'm sorry, one hundred fifty euros. So if you're uh, if you're caught, for instance, there's um, you can find it online. There's a video of a teenager in Hamburg who was uh, basically stopped because he, uh, the police saw him in a park, public park, 
giving another teenager, one of his friends, a hug to greet him. And so that is obviously in direct violation of the uh, social distancing, uh, distancing guidelines. And so the police stopped him and were about to write him a citation. The 16 or 17-year-old um, basically uh, didn't want to get the ticket, and so he ran away. And there's a video <laughs> of this chase, police officers on foot and a car, a, a German police car, uh, dry, uh, chasing this, this kid through, through the meadows in this park. And I mean, it's absurd. It's absurd. Uh, there, there's thought... there's uh, instances where police uh, took a water thrower that what that's used to disperse uh you know violent protests on on kids playing uh, uh, uh throwing snowballs uh, the, the, the measures are in, incredible what's, <laughs> what... so let me say let me see if i got this straight so, so, so first off, I'm visualizing the video. It's like, like we got a hugger. He's going down to yep. Strasburg. Yep. He's hopping fences. <laughs> yep. and, th and then they're using a water cannon to disperse rioters on kids having a snowball fight. Yes. Yep. There's an, a, apparently, I haven't seen it, but apparently there's a video of a, a German police helicopter chasing um, Corona uh, you know, uh, criminals down uh, down the street. <laughs> Corona criminals, you've yeah, coined a new C term, Andy. Now, um, the the point I wanted to uh, it gets worse. Uh, these are just small incident incidences. So the the first first wow. uh, violation starts at 150 euro. Okay. It's about three hundred dollars. Uh, no, it? we're looking at about one hundred and seventy at this uh, exchange rate. Okay. Uh, you know it fluctuates, but it's substantial money, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it it it's really substantial for a teenager or somebody that's you know just. I mean, it's it's a lot of money, but it gets worse. So that the fine mm -hmm. increases per incident. So, for instance. If you are caught jogging without your mask, you're, that's one incident, right? Uh, if you're, okay. Again, if you're out on uh, uh, past the curfew, that's another incident. Uh, if you uh, are gathering, if there's more than two people from one household, if there's more than one person from another household at your residence, that's an incident. And it, uh, I think a max of nine incidents, the, uh, on the ninth incidents, the fine is 25,000 euros. 25,000 euros? <laughs> and it, My goodness, it, like an annual if salary. You, if, if, uh, if you're caught after that, uh, many states in uh, Germany have implemented or have uh, made room in either uh, hospitals. They've cleared out wings. They've cleared out wings in uh, prisons. Uh, they've uh, cleared out um, uh, refugees, uh, refugee camps to make room for these repeat offenders. So you you're you're being locked up for violating these really unconstitutional um, laws that have been uh, enforced uh, for for the last well last twelve months basically. Wow, I have a feeling though that the the migrants that we've talked about earlier are probably not being persecuted to this degree. Like if they're going to mosque. Or anything like that. Am, am so I I'm not aware of any of uh, any um, uh, kind of uh, any incidents where um, 
people are are being uh, you know arrested or or fined for uh for being uh, uh you know going to mosque or, or or not adhering to the to mm. the guidelines um but um in in general it, it's safe to say that uh over the last year the german uh, in particular the, the german police has been hesitant to uh to enforce uh these measures uh with with uh, the muslim population there is, there was an incident mm-hmm. uh, several incidents um kind of in parallel to the uh, to the peaceful demonstrations here in the US uh, with the Black Lives Matter movement that were um, you know kind of mirrored in in Germany as well and there was no uh, police uh, measures to uh, to um, enforce any any kind of uh, 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 corona mm-hmm. lockdown um, so basically, you can't go to the park and give your friend a yep. hug. You'll get chased down by cops in cars. But if you go to a Black Lives Matter protest, you can have thousands upon thousands of people there. Okay. Well, brave new it, world, it isn't is. it? <laughs> it is indeed. Well, okay. Well, let, let me get back. <laughs> Mark, I'm speechless. This is the first time on our show I've been speechless. I know, Anthony. I, I'm laughing at the whole detention center thing because I'm thinking, all I did, I just wanted to get a worst. <laughs> and next thing you know, I'm being, <laughs> I'm being thrown in the clink. It's like, now you will sit there and you will think about what you've done. <laughs> yeah, you're oh, a public goodness. enemy number okay. one if you're, if you're out in the park. <laughs> Uh, giving somebody a hug. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, exactly. Okay, well, let me let me just move on and give one more scripture for us to discuss before we close this out. I'm going to try to be a little serious here. I'm going to go back to Joshua chapter 4. This is after the Israelites, uh, they come out, um, they're at the edge of the Jordan, and they're about to go into the Promised Land. It's a really interesting passage. It says, When the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Take twelve men from the people, from each tribe a man, saying, Take twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest stood firmly, and bring them over with you to lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Um, and it goes down, I won't read the whole thing. Basically, uh, a little further down, uh, he says, When you your children ask in time to come, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. So in that passage, God had a plan for the Israelites to remember their history. He put down markers so that people could remember. And it really, I think this sets a precedent for nations or cultures, churches, families, and the like. So we actually have to hold on to our history, both the good and the bad, so we can learn from it. Now in this country, I think you'd agree, Andy, that um, we have a very disturbing trend with this cancel culture going on. And it's basically separating Americans from any appreciation of their history. And by extension, we lose any uh, um, connection to our forebears from Europe. And I think this is a very terrible tragedy because Europe gave us the, the Renaissance, the Reformation, modern science came from Europe. The concept of individual liberty, limited government really had their birth in Europe. Artistic genius, you know, what, what we appreciate as beautiful art. Um, Germany, for example, is the home of Martin Luther and Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And, you know, these are theological giants. There's a lot of wonderful history that we're basically throwing away. Right. So my question is this. Is is Europe like America suffering from historical amnesia (laughs) as a result of cancel culture? And what do you think the prognosis is for Germany and European civilization moving forward? Well, um. I I think that the the trend around the world world with the whole globalization um, is to kind of eliminate uh, local cultures and to basically have an amalgamation of uh, cultures and nationalities and and races. Um, that will, um, you know, so there, there's no more distinction between 
any of the the countries and everybody is kind of um, just the same um, and and uh, everybody is um, governed under the same uh, one world government I think that that that's the ultimate goal and to achieve that uh, nationalities and and national pride has to uh, be eliminated um, and that I think that that's the trend here in the US that's the trend in in many mm. uh, European uh, nations and being German, I see it more so in Germany, uh, more so recently than ever before. I know France uh, has had a lot of um, those same uh, tendencies um, with with uh, a lot of their um, immigrant uh, population, uh, you know, over the last 20 years, but um, it it is really, uh, I think, the 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 ultimate goal is to uh, to get us all to be the same. Which, um, you know, um, there there may be some that believe that um, being uh, uniform is um, is a good thing, uh, but uh, it, it it is when uh, when the collective is is the um, the the goal and and the ultimate um, achievement but um, it really negates the individual it in, uh, it negates mm. the individual rights um, and uh, it um, yeah it eliminates um, sovereign rights basically and, and I think that 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 is the mm. trend and ultimately that's the goal. Uh, we see it here, and I, I, I think it, it, uh, everything points into that direction. And and to me, um, you know, uh, I, I, I see Revelations thirteen, uh, you know, being played out. Um, mm. um, there's, yeah, the, I mean, the, the, this last year is, has definitely uh, been a globally a, a, a year of of division right i mean uh, we see the, mm -hmm. uh, the demonstrations well it started off with uh, everybody being separated from uh from their their neighbor uh and and everybody being locked down and, and uh, you know people no longer being uh, individuals, but it's been a threat to each other, and and then uh, mm. it's been escalated by, um, you know, the whole racial divide uh, being being so yeah, um, yeah, pronounced and and, and promoted, and then uh, and that's not to say say that there there hasn't been issues in in uh, in the U.S. or sure. in Germany. I mean, racism is is um, has been part of I think most cultures. I mean, you go, you know, you go yeah. to Africa, and then uh, you know, Rwanda comes to mind. That was, yes. I mean, to to uh, an outsider, uh, it's unfathomable uh, to think that something like this can happen in uh, within basically the same po uh, group of. Uh, uh, of of ethnic groups, but you have yeah. division, racism, and and tribalism, and and uh, that that yeah exists has existed, and I think will continue ex uh, to exist, regardless of uh, what uh, political measures are being taken. But I think what what has been taken place is to just uh, bring complete and other division and chaos um, to um, to the population to really um, be distracted mm. from from the from the goal that that's been put before us and you know I mean uh, interestingly enough the um, World Economic Forum uh, is was founded and is led by a uh, another German, Mr. 
Klaus Schwab, and he's, mm. you know, I mean, they're, they're not, they're not sugarcoating what their, their goal is, right? They're, 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 they're yeah, working towards, um, you know, towards making this new world order uh, happen. And, you know, you read Agenda 2020, Agenda 2030, uh, and so on. Uh, there, it's not, it's not a secret to anybody that that uh, mm. informed themselves. But um, I think critical thinking uh, is also something that has <clears throat> has been um, kind of thrown out the window in, in the the last year for sure. Uh, and mm. and yep. uh, people are uh, bowing at the altar of scientism and and uh, statism rather than really uh, thinking for themselves and and uh, yeah coming uh, coming to a close yeah. rather <laughs> bleak <laughs> you're painting yeah, you know it's like uh, you know I, I, it's a bleak times right <laughs> yeah I had to have that thought yeah. it's like you know it's like I want to go over and uh, visit but I'm thinking ah, I don't know but uh but uh, but also too, I mean, you're adding in the added another added problem is what you what you described earlier, Andy, is the fact that since you have a larger migrant population that is now residing in Germany, and those migrant populations, I am assuming, are probably starting to vote for you know for for their candidates, and and then now 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 you're now you're all, not only you have a double effect of sort of the removal of what makes Germany uh, like makes Germans part of Germany. But then also what you described earlier with the European Union and all their kind of uh, what I, I just I just thought of a word uh, the 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 vanillification of Europe you know it's every every all the countries and all the things that are making all these countries and the and the individual dynamic like you know the things that make Germany just an amazing country like the culture the music the art is being watered down. And and I know I know this I know this sounds silly, but I when I was thinking about it, I was thinking about a quote from uh, Pixar's movie The Incredibles. And at the end, at the end, with like when the villain Syndrome was talking, and then he said, at the end he said, everyone can be super, and when everyone's super, no one will be. Right. You mm. know, and it just really does all to me. So as we slowly water down. All these things that make the separate countries and cultures dynamic and make you want to learn more about them and educate yourself. I see this blandness that's coming where everybody's basically just part of one giant state. Right. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, very, very true. I mean, uh, the trend, as you can already imagine, um, the average, I forget the exact number, the average. Muslim family uh, has, I believe, four or five children, and the average German uh, family has uh, 0.8 uh, children. So the trend is, wow. you know, the 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 trend uh, for the German uh, heritage is not looking good. It's it's going to get washed out in the next wow. uh, 20 to 30 years. And I think that that has been part of the the agenda to really uh, eliminate in, uh, any kind of nationalist threat, uh, especially from Germany. Uh, but in, in general, uh, like you said, uh, Mark, uh, you know, if everybody's super, n- nobody is, right? So... <laughs> Nobody super. Yeah, it's, well, we got a lot to pray for for sure. I mean, you got uh, Europe is a an, an an old continent, and each of the countries are all you know old, long-standing cultures that that have brought much value to the the wider world. And it would be it would be a shame if uh, you know this slow suicide continues. <laughs> See what a what a bleak way to end, but <laughs> but at least it's real. I mean, I really appreciate your perspective. You know, having come from there, Andy. Uh, before we close out, I know um, at the top I, I mentioned your your initiative, uh, just Genesis Project and Sentience. Maybe you want to give a, a, a brief in, in, some information sure. about what that is uh, before we close. So uh, the uh, Sentience Plus is a uh, cognitive training uh, platform which uses biometric data and machine learning uh, 
to provide feedback in real time, helping uh, its users to maintain their best cognitive state. And uh, as you mentioned, uh, Sentience Plus is directed uh, specifically uh, to law enforcement. Uh, this ultimately helps uh, prevent irrational behavior or knee-jerk reactions that are a result of the fight or flight mode that's a, that, uh, that disables mm -hmm. the prefrontal cortex in uh, the individual. But rather than uh, using AI, which is the trend um, right now, and which is an asymmetric and uh, uh, yeah. in its core and makes predictions based on big data without the individual's user's personal feedback, we use a closed-loop system based on the user's personal evaluation and feedback, which ultimately provides a mirrored intelligence that is hyper-personalized, and we call it intelligence amplification. And so the goal is to start with uh, mm. law enforcement, but then also to roll it out in, uh, in the general population uh, in direct opposition mm. to artificial intelligence, which uh, we all know there's a lot of uh, privacy issues uh, at hand and uh, yeah, which is kind of the uh, the paradigm that China has um, spearheaded and and the U.S. is all too yeah. eager to implement <clears throat> as well. Hmm. Wow. I, I can think of two situations in which that would apply. First of all, those <laughs> German cops chasing the kid <laughs> in the park well, could have used Sentience Plus and, and our entire Congress and um, the Supreme Court and the, everyone who right. works in the White House right. <laughs> could use it as well right. to enhance well, the prefrontal I mean, cortex. Here, we actually have uh, several pilots uh, lined up with, um, with some of the, the largest police departments here in the U.S. So LAPD, San Francisco PD, Chicago PD, just to name a few. Um, mm. And... Here in the U.S., what's really uh, striking to uh, you know anybody from uh, around the world is the the uh, fatality rates when with unjustified uh, police shootings, and that is uh, really the the main thing that we're we're trying to eliminate here at first. But obviously, it will um, um, help in situations around the world. Uh, and hopefully uh, prevent uh, you know some of the the crazy things that we we see uh, on news on the news uh, yeah. going forward. Thank you. Great initiative, mm. Mark. You got any last comments? No, no, we no go. I mean, I think I think it's great. It's funny. I was while while Andy was describing it, all I kept thinking was Minority Report, but it's just a uh, you know just like. It's it's mm. a, a modification of that in which in you're not we're not trying to prevent the crime before it happens, but we're trying to prevent uh, tragedies while in while trying to resolve uh, conflict issues. And, you know, and, 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 and I can see where it said with yeah. that fight or flight, we be able to reduce the energy that goes into the brain processing that for making uh, irrational decisions based right. on it. So I was like, that sounds, sounds fascinating. Mm. Well, uh, if, I, if I may just chime in yeah. uh, for one second. So the minority report is actually what's what's being implemented right right now, right? But uh, instead of having uh, the Oracle, well, the Oracle is basically the secret sauce, the algorithm uh, that whatever company is implementing the uh, their their version of artificial intelligence, right? So we're taking the Oracle out of the, the, mm. the loop and or, or canceling that altogether. And we're giving the control to the individual user to value and train mm. their echo. We call it echo, the evolutionary uh, cognitive horizon orchestrator. And so basically as the... Uh, train uh, the system, it will provide feedback and recommendations uh, in real time uh, based on the individual's valuation and not based on some big data algorithm that's going to uh, look for median um, value uh, to recommend. Okay. Mm. 
Wow. Thank you. Fantastic stuff, yeah, Andy. I, I hope excited. that that works. Well, I really appreciate That is great. Well, keep us posted. So, well, thank you, guys. Uh, this has been the God and Government Podcast. You can find us on Facebook.com backslash God and Government, also on Pardo.com at God and oh, Government. Oh, hey, John, I, Take I, care, I, would gentlemen. Like out, I would like to end on a quote, if you don't mind. Yeah. It's like, so I, uh, Go ahead. So from uh, the great Rod Serling, I think it sums up everything nicely. The, uh, the, any state, any ent- entity, any ideology which fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. Amen. Yep. Take care, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. Oh, take care now. Bye. You Bye. got it. Bye-bye.